Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the Silent Witness Coordinator, and today I'm joined by Ed, the producer, and two friends of mine. I know I say that every week, but these really are. I have Lieutenant Amy Breitzman from the Phoenix Police Department, LT. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. One of the things that you and I get to talk a lot about is um, people we admire, people we work with. And in working with you over time, there's two people that I've seen your eyes light up when you when you talk about them. Uh, the first group, I should say, is your husband and your children, without doubt. And the second is your dad. And today we are joined by your husband, Randy Breitzman. Randy, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, I've been intentionally vague as to why we wanted to do this, but I think you have a really cool story. But I also feel like we try really hard to tell the stories of the men and women in law enforcement. We don't often get a chance to get a glimpse into the folks who serve in the military for a lot of reasons. Maybe we just hear they're deployed. We we don't know what that means, or we just don't have that personal connection. So before we launch into this, I just want to say for everyone who has ever served, is serving now, or will serve tomorrow, thank you for what you do. And Randy, can I uh, ask you to walk through a little bit about what at, at what point in your life did you look at the military and think, I think that's something I'd like to be a part of? How did that happen? So I was in college at Southern Illinois University in flight school. And I had looked at possible career opportunities from their airline pilots, instructor programs, et cetera. I knew from that early point on that probably my best bet was going to be into the military if I wanted to be a career pilot. I looked at the Navy, and they wouldn't put it in the contract that would guarantee flight school. The Army said, you already have a certificate sold. We'll put you on contract. I finished up college and went to flight school for the Army, flew helicopters for 25 years, Chinooks and Blackhawks. So when you're when you're looking at a career in the military and you realize, okay, I, I might be deployed, I might have to leave home, do you really get the sense of what that means or does it become incredibly real when you get there? I would say that with the first deployment, I was still relatively young, single. It was post 9-11 just afterwards. I had no... No girlfriend at the time, no real permanent attachments. Honestly, I was excited. I couldn't wait to go and see some of the world and and see what was out there and do the job I'd been training for. Uh, Years later, after I met my wife, married her, and started a family, it was a very different perspective. And so that's – I thank you for bringing that up. So you you embarked upon this career, and you've served 25 years in the military, right? So you are retired? That is correct. I retired last December. Congratulations, and thank you again. So you start this career, as you mentioned, you're single, and now you have a family. People might wonder, does that change what you do, how you approach things, and what does a deployment now look like? Because I'll tell you – and I've told uh, LT this, I, I think you're an incredible dad. So you had to have some conflict internally in being able to go over and serve what you believe in, yet your family is here. Can you? What's that like? Well, it's a very interesting perspective from the family side. So when I go overseas, I really have the easier job of the two, in my opinion. My wife and, and kids at home, they have a far harder job than I do. They need to keep up with regular life. They need to do everything that I did, everything that they do, go to school, take care of the house. Now, chores that I used to do, like mow the lawn or paint, are now on my wife or we have to hire somebody. 
where I go overseas and I basically do my job, sleep or eat, work out, or try to find some way to to take in a movie and, and hang out with the boys if you're not actively doing your job. So, so this is something you and I are going to agree on. We both have known, um, L- I'll call her LT, you've known her longer, uh, but I've never heard her whine, I've never heard her complain, and I've never heard her talk about her lot in life as essentially, you probably almost feel like a single parent, in that the day-to-day you're handling all that stuff. Um, obviously, not a single parent in terms of not being married, and yet we know that there's thousands and thousands of people who do that each and every day, and, I, and I'm asking you, LT, you're... you're you're having a career. You're raising kids. Uh, obviously, you have concerns about your husband's safety. Can you even describe those kind of feelings? Because I, I never once saw you talk about yourself when we worked together. Sure. When uh, when Randy was deployed, it was uh, by far the most stressful time in my life from the standpoint that obviously I'm taking care of the house and the kids and everything at home, but my heart is overseas with him and I was worried about him every day. Um, he deployed to Iraq for the second time for a little bit under a year. And, um, you know, it was easy for me, unlike wives in World War One or World War Two, they didn't have technology. I, I actually could turn on my computer and Skype him every day and see his face. So that made things so much easier from that perspective. Whereas, um, you know, the families that came before us, they waited for letters, waited for the mailman. But so for that, I was very fortunate. But I worried about him day and night and um, still had to make sure that I focused on our family and raising our kids and making sure everything was taken care of at home. One of the things that I tell people is if you don't know our faith or our politics after the show, we've done it correctly. So we never weigh in politically. So whatever you feel about wherever we are in the world, it, it doesn't matter. Our focus is, and Randy, you brought up yesterday, the heroic acts of the families that are here while those that are serving. And you had a great perspective of what that looks like for someone who may know a military family who's here while their loved one is serving. How do people support them? What do they say? What can they do? What would you offer them? And and I'll ask you both. Well, thanks for bringing that question up. The first thing that everybody always hears and, and can visualize easily in their mind is walking up to the veteran and telling them, thank you for their service. But I'd like to remind everybody that we have families, too. And based on what I just said, my wife's got the harder job of the two of us when I have to deploy overseas. So maybe turn to their spouse and thank them for supporting it, because without knowing that my spouse and my family are safe while I'm gone, there's no way that I can focus on doing the job that I need to do overseas. And that's something I want to throw out a thanks to Phoenix PD on, because my last deployment to Iraq in 2010 was here with the Arizona Army National Guard, and we actually received a letter from Phoenix PD saying, don't worry about your families while you're gone. We have your back. Go do, go do your job and be successful. That's an amazing thing. Thank you for saying that. But you also had an incredibly supportive employer during the time. Can you talk about that? I did. I worked for both the FAA and I currently work for MD Helicopters. MD Helicopters, if uh, you're old enough, you'll know what I mean by the Magnum PI helicopter. That's what we build, but everybody knows it is the little bird that they also saw on Black Hawk Down. We build a derivative of that aircraft for both civil and military use, and it's also in use by a lot of law enforcement agencies across the country. So when I left the military, I was looking for somewhere to go that could support both the military and the law enforcement agencies. MD's been my home for the last almost 10 years now, and I really enjoy working there. 
any employer that supports the amazing men and women who serve, we, we want to give a special shout out and thank you to. You shared an incredibly personal story when we last spoke. Uh, and it had to do with, you know, oftentimes uh, you hear that somebody has passed away or has been killed, um, and we don't realize what that sacrifice means. And you shared a very personal story about a close friend of yours. Are, can I ask you if you'd be willing to share that? Sure. Um, it's a little bit sad for those that are listening on the radio today. But in 2003, I made really good friends with a gentleman from the Iowa National Guard. His name was Bruce Smith. He was a chief warrant officer for um, the day prior to uh, a very tragic event happening, uh, Bruce and I spent the day searching Al-Assad, Iraq, which is out in the western sector, for a VCR because he had gotten a package from home. You know, we all have families. Well, that package contained a video of his kids showing horses at the Iowa State Fair. And being the only two horse owners in the unit, Bruce and I were instantaneously bonded together. So we did manage to find that VCR um, that that evening, I had to return to our main base in Balad, and the next morning, Bruce and another friend of mine, a young lieutenant by the name of Brian Slovenis, were flying together when their aircraft was hit by a surface-to-air missile and downed. Both of them were killed in the, in the mishap that occurred. When you talk about those that you served with and those that you served under, uh, there is a sense of, and, I, and I've talked to you before about this, you can tell the reverence that you believe in what we stand for as a country uh, the service you gave those 25 years, I can't even put into words, but when when I hear you talk, uh, it's so legit, it's so heartfelt, uh, thank you doesn't seem enough. Uh, Lieutenant Breitzman, when you see families of folks who are serving, maybe they haven't suffered a loss, but maybe they're just without a parent who's missing some really important events, what do you say to them? Because you must have a special bond with them. Sure. Um, I I think the most important thing, obviously, like you said, is just to say thank you. But also, with me, the last time that Randy was deployed, um, when my friends came over, when they kept me company, um, when they called to see if I needed anything or if, you know, they could take the kids to the movies, any small gesture just to assist with passing the time and passing, you know, kind of filling that void from when your significant other is deployed – uh, means the world to, uh, at least it did to me, but to most of the families that I know. Randy, if you, somebody's driving around listening and, and they think, hey, you know, I, I've always thought about serving, and you're right, we, we, we tend to sometimes focus on loss, but we never focus on the incredible sense of service. What would you say to that person? You look back over 25 years, the most rewarding, the most fun, what would you say about the time you served? How could you encourage others who might want to? Well, there are many different jobs throughout the military, and we have nowhere near enough time on this segment to to get into that. But my most rewarding experiences had to do with the sense of camaraderie that I built with uh, certain individuals, some of whom I'm still in contact 10 years after we served together or longer with. I I really enjoyed hanging out with the teams and, and building the crews, training the individuals to make sure that those who come after me can can continue to defend this nation to the uh, the state that needs to be defended during today's world events. One of the statements that we hear from a lot of folks that we know when they retire, and, and nobody, I hope, takes offense to this, because I know what they mean. They say, I don't miss the circus, I miss the clowns. Uh, and So I don't miss the career, I miss the people. That must be true with you. Yes, as, uh, as we continued through the career, I went from, I will say, the advent of technology coming in during my career where 
back in the day, if you will, they would toss us the keys to the helicopter and say, here, go fly around and put seven hours on this and get it back into a maintenance phase. And they really didn't care where we went. What we did, we made up our own missions, sometimes even landing in an open field next to McDonald's because the crew was hungry, right? Uh, Now we have Blue Force Tracker and other things, tattletale-like devices that if you're 30 seconds after a call in, they're trying to text you on a cell phone or or ping you on the iPad or send you a, a secure message over the comms to try and find out why you missed a call by 30 seconds, sometimes forgetting that mountains tend to interrupt radio signals. Oh, understood on that. Lieutenant Breitzman, when you look at your husband and you look at, at the service that he gave to this country, and obviously there can't be anything harder than um, him not being there and you worrying about him, but when you look at him, what, is it a sense of relief that he's not serving now or incredibly proud of him? How would you put into words, what, when you look at him, what's your thought about his service? So he is my absolute hero, and um, he is my admiration. The commitment, the level of commitment that it takes to ensure the safety of our country every day, the job that they do every single day, all of our military um, is I have the utmost respect for him. You know, and, and I do too, and I hope everybody listening knows that there's uh, many, many Randys and many families behind them. So whether it's their spouses, significant others, children, parents, uh, Randy, you brought up a great point. Uh, if you see someone who serves, saying thank you is, is amazing. Saying thank you to their families or showing your appreciation, if you can, is even better. Um, and to your point, LT, those small breaks, just bringing a meal or taking the kids out or whatever it is, we really want people to have a sense of understanding that, that there are men and women who leave this country to go out and serve and protect people they've never met. So, Randy, um, it doesn't seem like enough to say thank you, uh, but thank you not, not just for your service, but I know you are an incredible supporter of what uh, LT and I do in law enforcement. So thank you for, for who you are and for what you do and for what you did. Uh, and LT, thank you for what you do. We didn't even talk about your police career. We also want to thank you, the listening audience, and thank Bonneville for this time. And for every man and woman who is serving, has served, or will serve, thank you for your service. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.